Hello, America. Hello, 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 and welcome once again to the show. Welcome to the Sea Report. It is March 9th, 2023, and it's great to be here with you all again today. So, um, we're going to jump in today to the um, Arizona Senate elections and House Municipal Oversight and Elections Joint Committee hearing that took place at the end of February. Pardon me. It was all about, what, two to three weeks ago, max. February 23rd, 2023. Um, that's what I want to talk about today. Now, I um, actually did end up posting the entire the entire hearing on my Rumble page, as I had mentioned a couple of episodes back. So, um, and now here's the funny thing now, because I recall uh, when this hearing was going on uh, back in February, and um, I had only caught, of course, the final hour of the hearing, which was the um, uh, portion of the hearing where Jacqueline Brager, and I apologize because I said Berger in a previous episode, but Jacqueline or Jackie Brager had presented her information to uh, the joint committee panel. Uh, so, uh, and then the joint committee, because you had the Senate Elections Committee and then you had the House Municipal Oversight and Elections Committee. So it was a joint hearing between the representatives and the senators. Very interesting, though, because, uh, um, uh, you know, I mean, it, it was an interesting, it was an interesting hearing. It was five hours long, y'all. Um, so I don't know how this hearing came about. Um, I don't know how it was scheduled in. I know Liz Harris, representative in uh, Arizona, um, had a part to do with uh, some of the proceedings, including inviting uh, Jacqueline Brager and on behalf of uh, Mr. Thaler, uh, John Thaler, uh, speak. So um, it, very interesting. Now, Liz Harris... Uh, has definitely come under fire for that move. Now, Liz Harris, ladies and gentlemen, for those of you who may not recall, um, um, initially, I guess you could say, kind of um, became um, a name in the Arizona arena uh, for elections and politics uh, back after the 2020 election, I believe, and uh, she had organized successfully a canvas um, of uh, the Maricopa County, of uh, portions of it, precincts, etc., well, large portions of it, wherein they were able to find, you know, uh, various discrepancies, including what, the empty lots that had, uh, you know, 
um, addresses and names of voters attached to it, the buildings, the post office boxes, uh, the several home families, the phantom voters, the people that don't exist, the voters that are voting at houses that have like, what, 30 residences, stuff like that, you know? So Liz Harris was very successful with that. She had run for office previously. And now she's in office. Uh, she was she she managed to get elected. OK, I say managed because considering everything that took place in uh, the 2022 midterm elections, for those of you whose head has been uh, firmly planted in the sand and may not have been uh, paying attention to what's been going on over there, the fact that Liz Harris actually managed to get elected versus selected is amazing, okay? Now, Liz Harris grassroots, okay? Very, very grassroots. Um, when she previously ran, she did not succeed. She did so this time she has been a kind of a bit of a thorn in their side from what I've understood. I've heard other interviews um, with Liz Harris. There is this one interview I heard with her and I, I just, I don't know. It, it was, I, I mean, I appreciated the information that she was sharing, but the, uh, the host was, it was just, in, I don't know. It was an interesting interview, but she did a good, she did a good job. Anyways, um, but anyhow, guys, so, so, you know, Liz Harris, it seems to me she's she's definitely kind of like a wild card. She's um, she's what I would consider uh, a kamikaze patriot uh, politician. Right. She's not a politician. Right. No, she went in there to do a job and uh, she's going in there and she's she's getting as much out in front of the people as she can. You know, now the, um, like I said, the hearing was five hours long, ladies and gentlemen, five hours long. And I mean, let's face it, guys, like this was at the tail end of a five hour investigation. Now, I, I mean, I saw the hearing when it originally aired, and as I recall, because I wrote something some I don't know where I wrote about it. I don't know if I tweeted it or if I truthed it or I don't know what I did, but um, there. Oh, I took notes. I took notes. I was writing down notes, and, and the one note I'd remembered was that there was all of this distraction going on during Jacqueline Brager's portion. But when I was watching it again, all of that noise was not there. I mean, I remember being like, Jesus Lord, who put this uh, hearing on? We've got dogs barking. We've got like, uh, we've got alarm clocks going off, you know? So I didn't know what was going on there, but I noticed this time around, they were not there, those noises. However, all of her reactions to the noises, as I recall them in the original uh, viewing of that, were consistent. Anyways, guys, um, so uh, let's see here. That would be an interesting question, but I mean, that would be a non-question. You know what I mean? Like who people be like, who cares if there was a dog barking? I mean, how could there be a dog barking inside of the Senate hall? Right. Anyways. OK, so don't ask me, guys. I'm just saying that's what I heard. Um, let's see here. 
I have some interesting, interesting notes. Okay. Um, let's see here. There's another hearing I want to, I want to share on my rumble that I think is uber important, but here we go. Uh, my original notes on this, this, uh, this, um, on this hearing again, this was the uh, Senate Elections and House Oversight and Elections Committee joint hearing. Right, deeds of trust, Kathleen Hobbs, fraudulent documents, uh, Jackie Baker, uh, Brager, Arizona Senate Election and House Municipal Oversight. I put F. Ken Bennett. Okay. I put a circus. There were alarms. There were buzzards. There were barking dogs. Okay. So I don't, why would I write that down? Right. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying, why would I write that down if it wasn't maybe just the person that was, uh, that I was watching it from? I don't know. Anyways, Bennett, does, uh, does she have some deeds and who invited you? So, so that's where, that's where they ask, uh, Jacqueline Brager. Who invited her to speak? It was um, it was Representative Harris again, Liz Harris. So that's what I'm saying. Like, um, if this is all corroborated, and I get what's going on here, guys. The fact of the matter is that uh, John Thaler, um, lawyer, and his investigative team are asking. They are asking you know, uh, the Arizona legislator, the lawmakers to investigate this. However, and I get it, you know, this uh, may not have been the appropriate, um, you know, venue to bring up all of that information. I mean, you notice Ken Bennett, who was hiding behind a pole the entire, the entire meeting. He was hiding behind a pole. Ladies and gentlemen, you couldn't even see him. It's like when he first popped up, like uh, during uh, the first hour, at the end of the first hour, uh, with that first, uh, the first contestant. No, just kidding. The first witness uh, that was Eric Spakeen, right? Eric Spakeen. Um, when he first popped up, I was like, whoa, <laughs> where did this guy go? <laughs> Where did, where did this where did this uh, where did this treasonous lollygag come from? I don't like Ken Bennett. Okay, I don't. You know, and so, um, but but Bennett, right? Oh man, when Jacqueline Brager started listing all of the people who were suspected to be involved in this deed, um, mortgage deed and money laundering deed, which turns into insurance fraud and turns into all these other types of fraud. Um, you know, he stopped before she got to Maricopa County. He, she was in the city of Mesa, ladies and gentlemen, where apparently the entire city of Mesa, I, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure this is Mesa, Arizona, not Mesa, not Mesa, not Mesa County, Colorado. I'm pretty sure it's Mesa, Arizona. The entire town is basically run by the cartels and fraud, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, according to some of what their investigation was showing. Um... So now where do we stand with all of that? Uh, you know, looking into it, guys. And again, this was at the tail end. You know, in an interview with uh, John Thaler and uh, Jacqueline Brager, um, John Thaler was talking about how they didn't know about this hearing until days before it, um, it was uh, set, to, uh, set to take place. 
So, you know, and then they had to get their they had to get their presentation together. And uh, uh, Jacqueline Brager agreed to uh, present the information without without thinking about threats to her life, because we're talking about the cartels here, guys. Uh, we had a well, maybe we'll talk about this in a little bit, but we had an article. Carrie Lake says she needs life insurance because GOP mafia is out to get her. Okay, uh, interesting, right? Very interesting. I cannot stand raw story, but anyways. So, you know, so we have that happening. We have people attacking the character. Well, we had people. I mean, that was the immediate tell right there, ladies and gentlemen. The immediate tell is when they go after the content of the character of the messenger. And they do not focus on the information. Um... You know, it just had me thinking because I, you know, I hear things like uh, election integrity or election fraud prevention is going to go nowhere and that we're done and that that's it and that this is all that we can expect for now. I mean, the wheels of the people are turning, okay, when it comes to exposing this fraud. And it seems that those who um, stand uh, opposed to the preventative measures for election fraud, for the integrity that we want to restore to our elections, uh, are being revealed. Their hands are being revealed. They're slowly, their masks are coming off, you know? Like, there's this alternate timeline where, like, you know, people like Sonny Borelli and uh, Wendy Rogers, you know, um, are there to serve as election integrity gatekeepers, right? And um, and now that uh, they have, uh, you know, profited so much off of the election integrity movement, um, and they have uh, they have solidified their seats in the house, uh, they will uh, they have turned. To work for the cartels, right? Because what if, you know, what if they're being threatened? Or what if it's just so big they understand that it's going to uh, threaten the very foundations of Arizona state politics? And there's not enough of a buffer to fill the hole that would be left when the... Uh, who would you, who would you, uh, who would you send in for that job, ladies and gentlemen? When we're talking about racketeering and we're talking about, um, I don't know, what what the heck is that, right? You know, um, all these uh, mafia bought out um, uh, representatives and, and, and lawyers and judges. Okay. Um, yeah, stands to rock the very foundation. Okay. And yet, it seems that this is exactly how uh, business is run. And we're to accept that, ladies and gentlemen. You know, that's what I was saying. Same thing about, like, San Antonio, Texas. I mean, if you put the frame over the... Um, if you put the frame of the cartel control over the city and over the state, it just it makes sense, you know? And, and I wouldn't doubt that perhaps... You know, uh, a, play, a city like San Antonio, Texas has been a staging ground or a beta site for how to operate 
uh, cartel into city uh, politics and government, ladies and gentlemen, and then grow from there, ladies and gentlemen. They grow from laundering uh, and they grow from trafficking, ladies and gentlemen. And, um, do you know, it just, it goes so, it gets so, it gets so, it gets so entangling, ladies and gentlemen. It really just gets so entangling. So get, getting back to, um, yeah, and I know I just said these things about uh, Senator Rogers and Senator Borelli, and I'm not saying that they are turncoats, ladies and gentlemen, but what in this alternate timeline where they're turncoats, right? Like, you know, they, they did everything for... Uh, for uh, election integrity and you know now that they've solidified their positions in 2022 they don't got to worry about it and they're not they're going to say they are they're going to have this shim sham flim flam election hearing now the reason why i would say that ladies and gentlemen is because you know basically what we had is we had uh, seth keschel who presented the same information i'm not saying it's not value added i'm not saying i mean but let's just face it guys this five-hour hearing was uh, a whole bunch more of the same. Seth Keschel presented his, did his bit like he normally does, okay? And then, you know, uh, Colonel John Mills basically uh, summarized, basically did the same presentation that um, Eric Spikine and, uh, you know, was it uh, Ivan Raiklin? Uh, I forget he, I forget if he was military or not. Um, was it Captain? I no, it's Captain Keschel, right? Colonel John Mills. Is it? Is it? Was it Colonel Ivan Raiklin? I can't remember. I apologize. Uh, but anyways, so you know, and, and whatever, whatever Eric Spikin and Ivan Raiklin uh, both um, shared with uh, the panel. Like I said, Colonel John Mills, but did it in his his segment did the same information. Just it was like the same thing, just in, into one presentation. So, anyways, guys, it was. And, you know, it was like, okay, so Eric Spikin could have been like, um, could have been Bennett's boy. Uh, you know, Seth Keschel was obviously uh, uh, Senator Rogers' boy. I mean, she was like chastising him. She was like, make sure you say Madam Chair. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? <laughs> what is going on with you, Senator Wendy Rogers? Okay, so anyways. You know, okay, we're uh, are we still in the alternate universe where Wendy Rogers and uh, Sonny Borelli are working for the cartels? Okay. <laughs> anyway, so it was like a nothing burger hearing. Okay, I mean, like, yes, these guys uh, gave interesting information, but again, like, you know, it was like they were just, you know, they were giving information that everyone's ever heard. I guess in summation, it's good to keep all of this information out there. Like I always say, keep it redolent, keep it accessible, keep it front of mind. So yeah, so in a sense, I guess that's good. And then came Jacqueline Brager with the uh, John Thaler investigation. And that just blew them wide open because they had no idea what they were going to hear. And... That's what I was saying about Representative Liz Harris. You know, like, that's what it's going to take to take back this nation, okay, to restore the republic, to save it. You know, a whole bunch of kamikaze politicians, you know. We, we, they, we, I, we wouldn't even be politicians. I said, a whole bunch of Americans 
who are going to go in there and are going to shake the system up as much as possible, fully well aware that they will always only ever be freshmen, okay, in their state house. People who will run for, uh, people who will run with the full knowledge and intention that they will only be there for one term, okay? And they're going to make as much problem for the establishment as they can. That's what I think Representative Liz Harris has been resolved to do. I don't know that she could actually say something like that, you know, without like another ethics complaint going against her, okay? <laughs> and I don't mean to laugh, it's not funny. You know, like it's a shame because she it's a shame that she's she's having to go through these things just to save Arizona. You know, and and by proxy, this nation, ladies and gentlemen, she's probably seen this stuff for years and now she's in a position to try and do something about it. And as uh, Jonathan Thaler and as Jacqueline Brager have said time and time again, they are looking for assistance in this investigation and they had reasons for not going to the um, uh, attorney general of Arizona, but hopefully they will at this point now, uh, to the point of all those who were, you know, um, trying to get them to commit to taking the proper steps within the state of Arizona, you know, uh, for those of you who know the story, you know, uh, like I said. They, they they had reasons for not wanting to go to the Attorney General of Arizona. Um, but hopefully they will. Okay. Uh, just to get the ball rolling, you know, as it were. So um, let's take a look at this. So with Liz Harris, ladies and gentlemen, like I said, she's coming under attack. Republican lawmakers run from a motion to censor. Liz Cartel, uh, Liz Harris for drug cartel smear. So uh, this was from uh, Arizona Central, the Arizona Reproachable, or how does does Carrie Lake call it? Reproach, reproachables. Anyways, the Re Arizona Republic, repugnant. That's what she calls it, the Arizona Repugnant. Uh, an earlier version of this column said Representative Liz Harris is a member of the Arizona Freedom Caucus, according to the group's chairman, Senator Jay Kaufman. She is not. Now, I had heard in an interview that they had ex excluded her, actually, the Arizona Freedom Caucus, which is insane because you think they would embrace her. They would take her with open arms. But, you know, again, uh, it seems that someone like Representative Liz Harris could be a telegraph of who is for real, real in Arizona politics, who you can really trust. Right. Finally, there's a move move on to hold Representative Liz Harris accountable for allowing a who's who of public officials, judges, and private citizens to be smeared coast to coast during a live stream legislative hearing on Arizona's elections. Uh, Representative Stephanie Hall Hamilton, a Democrat from Tucson, on Monday made a motion to formally censure Harris for inviting Scottsdale insurance agent Jacqueline Brager to lob evidence-free accusations that Governor Katie Hobbs, three Maricopa County supervisors, more than a dozen judges, and even the Church of Jesus Christ of the Latter-day Saints accepted bribes from the Sinaloa cartel. 
So uh, this uh, representative Stahl Hamilton said these lies were picked up by partisan right wing publications and social media influencers and quickly spread around the world before the truth could put on its pants. OK, so first of all, uh, this Stahl Hamilton person, how does she know these are lies? How can she just say that? Is she an expert? Did she see the evidence? Did she see any of the proof? Did she talk with Jonathan Thaler or Jacqueline Brager? Did she cross-examine them? You know, how can she say that? The damage, Stahl Hamilton goes on to say, can't be undone, but there should be some accountability while it's still spreading and compounding. Uh, the response from House Republicans was about what you'd expect. They recessed the floor session and fled. Every Republican voted to beat feet. Just one week ago, at least some Republicans pronounced themselves appalled that the House and Senate Elections Committee provided a platform for sliming so many public and private citizens. Uh, House Speaker Ben Toma, a Republican of Peoria, and one of those slimed, said on February uh, 27th, what should have been a joint hearing to examine common sense election reforms evolved into disgraceful fringe theater. Now, Ben Toma, the House Speaker, ladies and gentlemen, is said to uh, have an investing interest, his family, in Runbeck Printing Services. So that's an issue, guys. Okay, because Runbeck, as you all know, and as um, Pete Santilli was stressing to Sonny Borelli, uh, you know, Runbeck Services has been involved with the election schemes, the stolen elections of 2020 and 2022 in Phoenix, Arizona, but not just in Phoenix. I mean, I mean, if you guys follow or recall all the Runbeck stories that we have shared with you, I have shared with you here at the Sea Report throughout the years. Uh, Georgia has a run back as well. You know, there's links to there and even in Texas, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, in Texas. So, um, so this is what's going on here. Um, this is what they're saying about Liz Harris. Now, you know, I think this was just a kamikaze. I think this was just like a, a, a hit, like going to get this out here. Boom. A and it seems like it is being forced to go away, which is very unfortunate, ladies and gentlemen. Um, where I saw this leading off, aside from, um, you know, them, them trying to censor Liz Harris. Uh, here's another article here. Where's this from? Um, where is this from? Let me see. Pace and Roundup. Okay, so this would be a local... Democrats file ethics complaint against Liz Harris over defamatory hearing, right? Okay. There's another one that was from March 7th. Democrats, Democrats and Republicans are striking starkly different tones about a presentation arranged by a first-year GOP lawmaker last month that included conspiracy theories about a host of elected officials being brought off, bought off by a Mexican car drug cartel. Now, when you guys think about everything that we learned that was going on in, um, was it Pima County or was it, what was it? Was it Pima County? Uh, it was part of the presentation that they'd shown. Remember guys about how the cartel was forcing people uh, or buying people's votes or forcing them to vote a certain way, you know, 
uh, this all makes sense. So I don't see why people don't see the uh, the, the two the, the way that these things could correlate. Of course, guys, I'm speaking from conjecture, <laughs> and I'm speaking speculatively. So please keep that in mind. You know, um, I'm just seeing how these lines draw together, and and that it should be it should indeed, ladies and gentlemen, it should indeed be further investigated i think it is warranted um however i don't think that a senate elections committee that's the job for the, that place to happen they need to figure out who can uh lawfully look and investigate that information within the boundaries of the jurisdiction this way it's just so this way it can get done ladies and gentlemen but but make but make no mistake you know uh the box has been opened in regards to this information and it could be it's another route ladies and gentlemen in other words another route Another thing that needs close examination that where and if this is taken care of, just like securing our elections, just like getting rid of the Federal Reserve Central Bank of America, it will further the restoration of this republic, okay, as we continue to save this nation from absolute despotism at the hands of radical communists who are now showing their face day by day. Okay. So, still on the trail of this hearing, ladies and gentlemen. Pardon me, because there was a big whoop about it, and there kind of still is, you know. Will, um... Will there be a further investigation into this matter? Will lawmakers who are um, taking part in this alleged scheme of bribery or blackmail come forward, you know? Uh, because it, it's probably a lot bigger than what... Um, they uh, let on during the presentation. That again, um, I would recommend you go and watch. Uh, I I just, what do you call it? Um, clipped the presentation. So the Brager portion, I may air on at the tail end of today's episode or individually. We'll see. Uh, that way, America can assess for themselves. Now, the thing that I, I was not aware is that this was unsworn testimony. So I don't believe they were under oath. Okay. But, um, you know, uh, much ado about things. Republican leaders raced Monday to distance themselves from claims after they caught fire over the weekend on social media. That's uh, ABC News, right? where accounts that routinely shared unsubstantiated claims of election fraud covered them widely. It was an embarrassment for an election fraud movement that has mostly found a sympathetic or at least tolerant ear among Arizona legislative Republicans. Okay. 
now Ben Toma keeps coming up in this um, uh, in this conversation. We'll talk about him in just a second. But, you know, they were talking about like, was this meant to be a hit on the movement? You know, uh, because uh, you, if you look at the way things are going, like if you take, for example, you have uh, another article from the Arizona Repugnant or the Arizona Republic uh, title in praise of Senator Wendy Rogers and other unhinged election denying lawmakers. In other words, you have the long, um, the long, uh, the long uh, opposed. Arizona media, you know, they have opposed people like Wendy Rogers. They have opposed election integrity. They have opposed election fraud prevention measures uh, from the jump, from day one, you know, as 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 um, outlets uh, that are, you know, working for the left or whatever elitist or globalist interests are paying for them. But now they have this in praise of Senator Wendy Rogers and other unhinged election denying lawmakers. Not not long ago, Republican State Senator Wendy Rogers, the unhinged Arizona lawmaker running the joint Senate elections and House Municipal Oversight and Elections Committees, welcomed the testimony of an unhinged woman making unhinged accusations about bribery and connections to a drug cartel against the governor, the county supervisors, Maricopa County judges, and even against the unhinged lawmakers who invited her. Okay. But in praise of Senator Wendy Rogers again, and now that is the Arizona repugnant. All right. There was another one from uh, Tucson.com. Arizona election conspiracists know when it goes too far. Okay. So... They're talking about how um, they're talking about how Rogers backtracked here. Um, a lot of them did, you know, and even even uh, Wendy Rogers did release a statement that basically threw Liz Harris under the bus, you know. So they're praising her for doing nothing. Okay, that's what um, exactly what the Arizona Repugnant was saying, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. Uh, they said Rogers and her conspiracy-crazed Republican cohorts are doing exactly what they promised they would do, and unwittingly, exactly what those of us with sound minds should want them to do, which is nothing. Okay. So, nothing is going to come of this, it seems, you know? And again, uh, it does seem that Liz Harris was thrown under the bus. Now, I wanted to share this one article. Uh, because it, it it does go kind of like play by play. Okay, now, uh, far be it terrible enough, it comes from the Huffington Post. Okay, the title of the ar uh, article was Wild Bribery Allegations Are Tearing the Arizona GOP Apart. So everyone's really gotten into this now. You know, with the way Senator Rogers responded, okay, uh, Ken Bennett, I think, is he is uh, establishment. OK, um, it, it's interesting to see how things are playing out. Now, you guys, again, the uh, Pete Santilli, Sonny Borelli conversation, if you haven't heard it, should listen to it. 
Um, Sonny Borelli did not sound like an innocent man in that conversation. And at this point, they're asking the senators, you know, because that's why I was like, okay, so is this a hit on the election integrity movement, right? They're going to go after Sonny Borelli and Senator Rogers, Wendy Rogers. Uh, They're going to try and discredit them. Uh, they're going to censor Liz Harris, who's uh, the biggest proponent grassroots wise of the election integrity, election fraud prevention movement. OK. And um, then, of course, uh, well, I mean, the others remains. OK. OGs, right? It, uh, Wendy Rogers is OG election integrity decertify all 50. OK. So, um, you know. This could just stand to destroy all of that as far as credibility is concerned. But is it all a wash? I mean, the big the big cartel boogeyman is going to whitewash all of the election fraud by uh, being a red herring. And then uh, the truth of that matter will also backslide into the memory hole ladies and gentlemen you know it's a shame it is a damn shame if that is how this is going to go ladies and gentlemen and when we sit back and wonder why in 2024 2025 2026 nothing has happened with election integrity why the judges keep throwing it out but why they keep uh, having these uh, these uh, strange rulings, right? Like what we saw in the Cary Lake, uh, the Cary Lake trial, ladies and gentlemen, you know, uh, <clears throat> where it became about proving intent instead of just uh, looking at the obvious facts of the failures of the 2022 midterm election in Maricopa County and how the uh, voters of Arizona were, they were failed and, and yet no one has done anything about it. No one cares to, it seems. And we don't know why the judges won't do anything about it. This cartel story sure does uh, make sense of it all, you know, and then Brannon house uh, whom I had seen talking about this uh, very topic as well, you know, did a very stunning presentation. You know, I was thinking about clipping out, uh, that portion of uh, he did uh, want a show where he talked about all of the cartel from the Sinaloa cartel to the CIA, to the rest of the government, to the States and how they were all connected, of course. Um, and of course, other, other, other examples of, uh, of that. I was thinking about clipping that portion out and also putting that on my rumble page, but I mean, you guys should go look up that uh, I don't know when it aired, but it was a uh, Brandon House uh, from Lindell TV, and he had uh, he had on some he had on some guests as well uh, on that episode where he talked about it. Um, I mean, it was it was bombshell information and stuff that's all out there, and he used he used uh, mainstream media, lamestream media, legacy media, press outlet type of uh exchanges to share this information you know from uh chinese cartels aiding mexican cartels right with with money and funding them to uh the cia working with the drug cartels right fast and furious uh sinaloa el chapo okay 
Um, so anyways, guys, it all makes sense. Okay. And, uh, this whole incident serves to bust this thing even wider open. Okay. Um, I can understand why, and nobody, I can understand why anybody would not want to touch this, really. Because this is a whole nother level deadlier. Um, because, again, it's another route. It's another route, ladies and gentlemen. It's another route. Brandon House says we are in a narco, narco terror, narco industrial complex. I can't remember what phrase it was, but... Um, Thanks to uh, outfits like the CIA and their involvement with, uh, you know, lawless organizations, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, they probably are the Sinaloa cartel for crying out loud. <laughs> the CIA probably is the Sinaloa cartel. What are we talking about? Right, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> Let's take a look again. I wanted to share this with you guys because there was a little bit of a play-by-play -play here based on the testimony. Now, again, I would I would highly recommend it was a five-hour presentation that was basically a nothing burger. It was uh, a re a re re, re, re presenting of information that many of us who follow these um, um, election stories and election news and hearings, etc., have known about. Again, repackaged, repurposed for this hearing. Thank you again for those who presented this information. But, you know, uh, again, uh, this was, uh, I think this was a firebombing session <laughs> that they were not expecting to do. They were not expecting this to happen. Okay, they were not expecting this type of information to come across their desk. But it very well could explain. I mean, when you think about the 2000 mules, you think about... It was Pima County, maybe, okay, uh, in in uh, Arizona, what, whichever one's on the border where they had the cartel and they had stories that they had a hearing on. It was with the uh, Catherine Engelbrecht and True the Vote. And, you know, that brings up this even bigger thing, you know, honestly, when we're talking about the layers of deception, infiltration and control and uh, compartmentalization and ops that are being run, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> brings up this entire other conversation when we're talking about True the Vote. And uh, anyways, uh, but Catherine Engelbrecht, during her testimony, to the Arizona Senate um, committee had this story about the cartels basically running the election uh, rigging operations in that county and how they've been doing it for years and how they controlled the town, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And these people are under duress. Now, all of that's coming together. But uh, what is anyone really going to do about this? And for this is a whole nother level, guys. This is root, root, root problem. Ladies and gentlemen, it's another root problem, okay? Can't fix elections as long as the cartels are putting these people under duress, right? Or whatever's going on, you know, whatever's going on. No one's gotten to the bottom of it yet, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Let's see here. So it says here in this article again, this is from the, Puff, Huff, oh, the Huffle Puffle host. <laughs> the Huff Huff Puffle. Uh, the the Huffington the 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 Huffle Puffle Post. <laughs> Sorry, it says um, 
A state representative, Liz Harris, invited the largely unknown couple to give a half hour of unsworn testimony before a joint hearing of the state, House, and Senate's election committees on February 23rd, which, as Harris said during the hearing, was meant to figure out what is need, what we need to do to ensure that voters of Arizona are confident for all future elections. Now, John Thaler and Jacqueline Brager both uh, have um, spoken regarding how this did not ha originate with election integrity measures, but it was an investigation that had to do with uh, uh, the money that was being laundered, I guess, by his uh, wife slash ex-wife slash not ex-wife. Uh, there's a whole nother set of information. That's a whole nother matter. Anyways, it says, instead, during her testimony, Brager accused everyone from state office holders to judges, prosecutors, and court-appointed medical health care advisors of accepting bribes from a criminal enterprise. Um, she said, given that Arizona is a border state and that drug smuggling and human trafficking is a billion-dollar business, it would appear that having our elected and appointed officials ensure that the cartel enterprise remains open for business would be paramount. Now that set off a firestorm. Uh, she said, the cartel will invest substantially to ensure that the right people are in key positions so as to further their objectives. Following Berger's appearance, John Thaler left the state months earlier due to fears about his safety, he says. The two became instant celebrities among election conspiracy theorists and Republican politicians now find themselves, some for the first time, on the wrong end of unfounded conspiracy theories and angry right-wing social media mobs. Isn't that crazy, guys? Is that not insane? Like, this is what they're saying. Like, this is what has happened from this, right? In short, Brager and Thaler allege, based on no reasonable evidence, and, and how can the Huffington Post say that? Based on no reason, did they see it? Did they examine it? Did they go through it? Anyways, it says, based on no reasonable evidence that the Thaler's ex-wife and ex-mother-in-law have spent decades foregoing thousands of signatures, forging thousands of signatures, all part of a scheme to launder bribes to politicians and others in the form of single home, single family home sales. It just so happens that Thaler has been in a bitter custody battle with his ex for years, though Brager did not mention that during the explosive hearing. Their evidence is their opinion that signatures on scores of housing deeds and other public records resemble Thaler's ex's handwriting. Now, ladies and gentlemen, a lot, I don't know how Huffington Post can say all this. I, I believe Brager did say that the, they did have people examine um, the handwriting. So it was not opinion based. It was based on the, the opinion of a professional. Um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see when we uh, run the, um, when we run the, uh, when we run the uh, hearing at the end of this uh, episode. Um, but no, it is true though. Uh, there is, it is true. Like whenever I saw um, John Thaler um, in a, an interview uh, or as part of a panel, uh, they had this uh, freemckinley.com website up with it. And um, it was uh, the story of, of John Thaler and his son, 
Okay. And it says here, and I'm, I'm at the website looking at it right now. Um, uh, it says here on September 19th, 2020, um, his son, nearly three years old, was abducted. The abduction was intended to extort his dad into terminating a multi-state investigation concerning money laundering and public corruption. To date, neither McKinley's dad, that's his son, nor his dad's family members have seen him or received any communication from him. His dad does not know where his son is. The state of Arizona, its most populous county, Maricopa, and the cities of Mesa and Gilbert, which lie within are cesspools of corruption. Fentanyl, heroin, cocaine, and crystal methamphetamine flow freely through an open border, and with it comes the cash. Billions of dollars flow into hundreds of cash houses, while the drugs are held in stash houses. The result is a plethora of racketeering enterprises, money laundering, tax evasion, insurance fraud, payroll theft, election fraud, and bankruptcy fraud. Bribes paid to public officials, both elected and appointed, provide the cartels with a safe haven. In February 2019, attorney John Harris Thaler and his team were retained to investigate. Thaler had a star witness, Brittany Ray Chavez, his wife of three years. At the time of their marriage in 2016, Thaler had no idea that his wife and her mother, Donna Ray Chavez, were participants in the largest money laundering scheme in U.S. history. Thaler had no idea that Brittany had known him since 2011 and had been paid to create an extortion scheme against him to disrupt an earlier investigation into organized crime. He did not know that their chance meeting in October 2014 was anything but an accident. He did not know that the marriage was a sham. Thaler's accidental discovery of certain falsified record recorded trust deeds in early 2018 would change everything. By late 2019, Brittany was a cooperating witness who requested federal witness protection. Before protection could be arranged, Brittany succumbed to family pressures and threats of violence aimed at her, at Thaler, and at their two-year-old son. On September 19, 2020, uh, his son was abducted in an ill-fated attempt to force Thaler into rescuing his son. Report to the governor is the inside story of Thaler's three-year investigation it includes the findings and evidence provided to Governor Doug Ducey in May 2022 and to attorneys general in five additional states. It explains who hijacked Arizona's elections and how, and it chronicles the illegal swatting efforts spearheaded by corrupt police officers and judges on the take to discredit Thaler and to prevent this story from being told so again now that's the other thing though is this is also people are saying yes this is about a book you know so i don't know um that is basically where that stands uh but getting back to the other article <laughs> that we were reading um okay Now, like I said, I don't know how the Hufflepuffle Post can say that it was based on no reasonable evidence if they haven't seen it themselves, you know. But it goes on to say, during Breger's testimony, 
Um, she used examples of Arizona Governor Katie Hobbs' signature to basically allege that Hobbs had for years taken ownership of property deeds that were really signed by Thaler's ex-wife, Brittany Thaler. Uh, needless to say, the governor was not pleased, calling the hearing a, sh a circus show. But that's not all. Brager alleged that dozens of public officials were on the take, from judges to state office holders and everyone in between. Brager said, the city of Mesa is a racketeering organization. Later claiming that non-existent phantoms were employed as attorneys and election officials. According to an 80-page packet accompanying Brager's presentation, Hmm. We can get a pay we can get a hold of this. Oh. We can get a hold of this. Look at that. Preliminary findings of activities impacting Arizona's elections integrity with specific focus on 2020-2022 general elections. Wow. I have a copy now. I'm going to have to go through all of this. This looks interesting. Wowzers. Um, goodness. Public corruption, bribing public officials to affect and to protect the racketeering enterprises, elected and appointed officials, staff members, and peripheral players are paid bribes. With respect to the public officials and staff, they are most often paid before they accept a position of employment. Recipients include judges, local police officers, state police officers, judicial assistants, lawyers, inspe inspectors, assessors, and accountants. It also includes employees of federal judges, federal agencies such as IRS agents working in the Phoenix, Arizona office. Bribe payments are directed mostly through phony mortgages. If a property is owned, the bribe is paid through a falsified refinance. If a property is not owned by the recipient or if the recipient purchases a new home, the bribe is paid through a phony first mortgage. Bribes are also paid through falsified AHCCS liens or through direct cash giving. Don't think they are able to cover that election fraud. Okay, there's a section on that. It says election fraud is rapid in the state of Arizona. Over the past 15 years, Brittany has used her access to load falsified default judgments into Superior Court's database. Like the falsified judgment in Los Angeles County, the fake judgments in Arizona are used to financially damage those that are deemed detrimental to the racketeering enterprises. Since at least 2004 and running through the November 2022 election, Brittany and Donna have been false, false facilitating illegal transfers of funds to political candidates and campaigns. Some of the money travels through the phony mortgage scheme. Some of the money travels to limited liability companies, including political action committees. The investigation into election fraud is not limited to the state of Arizona. However, where it is concerned, a plethora of individuals are implicated in fraud, including elected officials and appointed officials and Runbeck Election Services, the service provider for Maricopa County. Uh, the Maricopa County, I think this is, okay, so we saw this, she read this during her testimony, okay. Um, is this the point where she stopped? 
Um, let's see here. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm trying to remember if she read this portion. Oh, well, I mean, I guess we'll find out. But dang, guys, it's very, very explicit. Very, very explicit. I don't know that she got that far. I remember her reading some of this, though. You know? <laughs> but she had a lot of information. A lot of information. Okay. So getting back to what we were, where were we at? After the hearing, Thaler told the Arizona Repugnant that public records linked to the chair and vice chair of the state Senate Committee on Elections, Republican state senators Wendy Rogers and Ken Bennett meet the characteristics of those documents used in the money laundering and bribery schemes. Oh, goodness. So he's accusing, possibly, Wendy Rogers and Ken Bennett. Now, Bennett, I could... Uh, I don't know why I could see Bennett being caught up in something like this. Rogers, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Those accusations against Rogers and Bennett seem to be a breaking point, even for some longtime conspiracy theorists. Rogers, a hard right Republican who in the past has allied herself with a white nationalists. Okay. Again, this is the, this is the, uh, Nick Fuentes hit they're referring to here, guys. Okay. Uh, Ben Toma, who is involved with Runbeck. Interesting enough, ladies and gentlemen, Ben Toma called the hearing disgraceful French theater said Harris had invited unsubstantiated and defamatory allegations into the legislature. Uh, state Senate President Warren Peterson said that while State Senate Majority Leader Sonny Borelli had asked to review witness material before the hearing, Rigger's 80-page report had not been included in the documents and that Borelli would not have allowed it if he had seen it. Did you guys catch that? Okay. Now, after a Democrat state representative filed an ethics complaint against Harris on Monday, Toma told the Arizona Repugnant, when I'm ready to take action, I will take action. Harris, a freshman lawmaker who in the past has pushed a wild election conspiracy theories, took heat for inviting Brager. In an interview, Brager told Hufflepuffle Post that she had met with Harris and spent a few hours with her ahead of the public testimony Harris, she recalled, described the duo's work as very enlightening and pertinent to her own election integrity work. And in the days immediately after Brager's testimony, Harris seemed to stand by Brager and Thaler. The Saturday following the hearing, Harris wrote that the strength of Thaler's investigation is not rooted in theory, equations, or statistical deviations, but rather thousands of documented falsified transactions. Then she deleted the post, and the Arizona Repugnant reported. Uh, and after the outcry from her fellow Republicans, she put out a statement saying that what was presented at Thursday's hearing was not sufficient to substantiate these extraordinary claims. 
which is in fact truth. Okay, and no one has denied that on on either side, <laughs> especially the naysayer side, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but does does it not at least warrant a look see? Don't you think? I think it does. I think this information definitely warrants a look see, ladies and gentlemen. Think y'all could all agree with that. Brager and Thaler were amplified by a network of right-wing web interview shows <laughs> where their claims were welcomed with open arms. Okay. I mentioned um, my pillow, Mike Lindell, CEO. And Frank's speech, which I didn't see it being amplified there. I saw people trying to figure things out there. People asking questions. This Brandon House, for example. Asking the questions. You know, asking the questions. Um, it's very interesting. Okay. Because, again, I think the most important thing here is further investigation. I think that's all anyone is really calling for with this. Further investigation. Okay. Further investigation. And that's why I look at the enemy papers at the Hufflepuffle Post. And to see what their take on this is. And look at all this interesting information, you know. Frickin' Ken Bennett. Now that, you want to talk about a turncoat, okay? You want to talk about people unmasking themselves, ladies and gentlemen. And now we know why he was the liaison during the, uh, during the Maricopa County Forensic Audit. You know, because he was literally the go-between for establishment state uh, Republicans and, and actors, right? for what was going on down on the ground in Phoenix, Arizona at the uh, Veterans Memorial Coliseum. So, you know, Ken Bennett, true turncoat. So while we're, while we're on the subject of turncoats, <laughs> talking about um, who is really showing themselves to be who, right? Um, like, say the only good guys are like Carrie Lake and President Trump, you know, big, big time national, right, names. Um and then we have to worry about these this turncoat mafia, right? The GOP, the establishment Republicans, the rhinos, the ones that and not everyone is really paying attention to. But you know, that's why I wanted to kind of because we're almost gonna we're almost done, guys. We're almost at a wrap. But you know, it's like this story here. Carrie Lake says she needs life insurance because GOP mafia is out to get her. This is from Raw Story. I cannot stand Raw Story. Okay. But sharing the article anyways. Because you have to wonder, like, what the hell, you know? It says, failed Arizona candidate Carrie Lake, their, their words, not mine, suggested she constructed a sort of life insurance policy for herself because members of the Republican establishment might make her a mafia-style offer to leave politics or be murdered. Now, it talks about this interview with her and Charlie Kirk. You know, Charlie Kirk, I kind of put in the future turncoat. <laughs> 
I don't know. I just do. I mean, he works with the CNP, the Council for National Policy. I mean, they fund him a lot. He talks with them a lot. Um, I think I think they have this thing set up between him and Nick Fuentes, right? To just be able to control the youth. Okay. Like, I think that's like a, some kind of operation there. Anyways, that's just my gut feel. Anyways. So whatever. Right. But so she's talking with Charlie Kirk. Okay. Um, and it says here, Lake explained why she told the conservative political action conference CPAC audience over the weekend that one acquaintance had tried to bribe her. Okay. To leave politics instead of running for United States Senate. I'm not going to get out of politics because I'm not going to let the same people who stole this election take our movement away and silence us. In other words, hijack, maybe, you know, Lake said she would not take $100 million to drop out of politics. I don't know for sure who they are, but I have an idea who they are, she said, of the people offering her the alleged bribe. And I think it's more of the, I hate to say it, the rhino, Republican in name only, wing of our party. They are trying to make make America great again, MAGA, go away. They don't want America first candidates. So that makes me think and wonder, guys, because, you know, I wonder if she's going to these events and she's at these events and she's seeing firsthand behind the scenes who's who and who's for what. You know, it, it takes me back to the whole uh, Stephen Crowder uh, argument and expose about these supposed, you know, um, a supposed conservative, supposed First Amendment, um, you know, outlets that are fighting for supposed uh, anti-censorship measures, and yet it worked into their business model is measures to uh, help, you know, just get off of Google, get off of Google, get off of Go Ogle, get away from YouTube, right? Get away from all that. I mean, we we should not even be gaming with these people. You know, which makes me think of people like, you know, a lot of these people went after the whole Crowder thing. And I think um, Mark Dice was given the definitive, oh, the definitive, uh, you know, final on that argument only because he's part of the whole thing, too. You know, he uses the whole YouTube algorithm thing. You know, I don't know if he's still by himself or he's with other people. I don't care, quite frankly. But um, a point of the matter is here, guys. You know, uh, maybe Carrie Lake is seeing firsthand behind the scenes, you know, exactly where all these people stand and where they're stacking. Follow the money, you know, CNP, Council for National Policy, CFNP, whatever, you know, same crap. You know, they are funding a lot of this stuff. And I wonder, you know, that's why I say, like, what if her and Trump on the national stage who are still going to all of these functions, whether it's CPAC or whether it's uh, TPUSA or whatever? you know, are seeing for themselves exactly where these people are stacking up. You know, are we going to see President Trump at the America First Policy Institute again? Because, you know, clearly the McMahons are heels, right? Linda McMahon, Vince McMahon's wife, who is like, what, president? Is she still the president of the AFPI, America First Policy Institute? Are they really America First? I mean, they don't seem to give a damn that our elections were stolen in 2020, 2021, 2022. Okay. I mean, yeah, they're, they, they have their own measures to do something about it, but they're not going to, they're not going to fix what's been uh, stolen. They're not going to take care of this, you know, administrative coup d'etat that was successfully waged against the people of America and the Trump administration, I might add as well, you know, 
So uh, Carrie Lake is going to these events maybe and seeing it for herself. The article says Lake added, and it's kind of like the mafia making you an offer you can't refuse. But I refuse the offer. And the next offer may not be a friendly one, if you know what I mean. So I kind of put that out there a little bit of a life insurance plan, if you will, to let the people know. So that's out there, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. Um, if this mafia thing, cartel thing, indeed is really as true as it could be. Okay. Um, the investigations need to happen, ladies and gentlemen. The investigations need to happen. Okay. So um, let me see here. Where does that leave us now? I think, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to be a wrap on that. Um, I would highly recommend searching out that Sonny Borelli Pete Santilli phone call for those of you who um, have not had a chance to review that for yourself, if you're interested in this topic at all. And um, I would say, hopefully, um, there are future investigations into this, if not something underway. Um, stands to answer a lot of questions this does ladies and gentlemen about why things don't get done why things are the way they are even even from the things that i have seen ladies and gentlemen in in my own personal experience um you know brandon house spoke a lot about like the las Zetas, for example you know that was that was a cartel that was was mentioned up in the Austin area. You know, I was living up there at the time. Apparently, you know, some bosses lived in neighborhoods not far from where I used to live when I lived in Austin, ladies and gentlemen. And those guys were seen as big power players. So I would I would say go and seek out that Brandon House um, segment as well from his show. Um, where he talks about the Sinaloa cartel and the connections to the CCP and to the CIA. And the, that's very, very, this is all known information. Okay. The, the uh, information about um, President Truman when he was talking about the CIA and how that article had been silenced, basically. That was, uh, that's something I had never seen, ladies and gentlemen. That was jaw-dropping again we're looking at another route here ladies and gentlemen um that that does involve elements of election integrity and election fraud prevention more roots ladies and gentlemen more roots to a root out route out root out route out ladies and gentlemen but i guess we'll see where this puts us this is mr c michael aaron casadis signing off for today thanks for being here for another episode of the c report I'll be seeing you guys later. Be safe, be blessed. And uh, God bless America. Take care.